Hmm, I see some shovels in the back seat, uh, a pickaxe, yep. got some buckets. Are we going to bury a body or something? Or maybe dig one up? <laughs> Even better. So when I was a kid, I used to love digging holes. Mm, me too. I think maybe I was a miner in a past life, <laughs> but uh, which is what brings us to this small town of Brandon in eastern Vermont today. Oh, are we going mining? We are, sort of. All right. And while we're heading to a former ochre mine in Brandon, ochre is not what we'll be digging for. No? Okay, then what are we digging for? Ray, we've come to Brandon, Vermont to dig for a prehistoric animal discovered deep in the ground back in 1865. An animal, they say, came back to life once it reached the surface. We're searching for Vermont's giant Ice Age frog. Ribbit. Hello, I'm Jeff Belanger. And I'm Ray Ozier. Welcome to episode 292 of the New England Legends podcast. Thanks for joining us in our mission to chronicle every legend in New England one story at a time. Whether it's cryptids and monsters and ghosts and hauntings, UFOs, aliens, roadside oddities, true crime, or the just plain weird history, we love it all. Please subscribe and share the podcast and post a review for us. The more we grow, the more people who share their own weird stories. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if... Say you had an extra hour in your day. Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better. Help, H E L P dot com slash P sixty. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp dot com slash P sixty. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Now, before we go looking for a giant ice age frog, we want to take just a minute to tell you about our sponsor, Nuadi Herbals. Ray, do you ever find yourself in the mood for something a little different when it comes to your hot drinks? Oh, absolutely. Tea, hot cocoa, coffee. It all depends on my mood and the day. I get that. It's it's seasonal, too. Now, lately, I've been loving Cherokee Ground Herbal Coffee from Nuwadi Herbals. It's a great alternative to traditional coffee. It has all natural ingredients like yerba mate and black tea, so it's got plenty of caffeine kick, and it tastes like a cross between a strong black tea and a cup of coffee. I like that you can make it in your coffee maker, too. Percolator, French press, espresso machine, or tea infuser. It doesn't have to steep like traditional teas. Right. And the flavor is amazing. Like you said, it's tea meets coffee. 
I like to add a little sugar and milk to make it complete. Let Nuati Herbals help support your healthy lifestyle. Check out the Nuati Herbals website to see all their great products, and you'll get 20% off your order when you use the promo code LEGENDS20 at checkout. Visit NuatiHerbals.com. That's N-U-W-A-T-I Herbals with an S dot com. Okay, Jeff, so we're searching for a giant prehistoric Ice Age bullfrog in Brandon, Vermont. <laughs> we are. Huh. This is a weird one, man. A strange tale, to be sure, but one that made the newspaper, and it's a story that's been around for over a century and a half now. So the last Ice Age hit its peak around 20,000 years ago. Right. That's the time when pretty much all of New England would have been covered in glaciers. But those glaciers have been receding ever since. The same glaciers gave us the Great Lakes, plus countless other lakes. They helped transform the landscape, gave us farmland, and so much more. The Earth used to be a really cold place. Yeah, that it was. Okay, so we're driving up Route 73 and just passed into the Forestdale section of Brandon, Vermont. And, okay, so there's the Furnace Road intersection, so our destination's going to be coming up on the left. Okay, yeah, you see that field? Yeah, I do. Okay, we can pull over right here. Well, I see an open field surrounded by trees on all sides. Right, and there's an historic marker right there. Oh, yes, I see it. It reads, Forestdale Ironworks. Ironworking began at Forestdale in 1810 using local ore. By 1823, a blast furnace was producing pig iron and a variety of ornamental iron. The Green Mountain Iron Company acquired the facility in 1854 to produce parlor stoves. The furnace was refitted to burn coal instead of charcoal, but apparently failed as the furnace shut down the same year. The furnace reopened in 1865 as the Brandon Iron Company, but closed for the last time by the end of that year. So let's grab some shovels and head across the field. Okay, just down the hill, I can see the roof of an old stone tower. I guess that must have been the blast furnace. Yep, that's it. It's a big stone chimney with a stone arc at the bottom that's closed off now with metal gates. And a small roof structure at the top, I don't know, maybe 20 feet up. The building is now on the National Register of Historic Places. And we're going to go digging there? Well, that's the thing. This odd amphibious artifact was said to have been discovered 114 feet below the surface in the ochre mine. All right. I'm not digging 114 feet down. <laughs> no, no. I get that. You know, plus these mines have been sealed shut at this point. So let's head back to when they were open in 1865 and dig for this frog. It's July of 1865 and America is beginning its long recovery from the Civil War that ended back in April. President Lincoln was assassinated at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. on April 14th, and now President Andrew Johnson sits in the White House. Here in Forestdale, Vermont, the iron and ochre mines are busy. Yeah, that they are. America's rebuilding and trying to come back together. The first blast furnace in Forestdale was built in 1810, and the one we see here now was built in 1845 to replace that earlier one. The smelter processes ore with local charcoal to make pig iron. And from there, that iron can become stoves and cooking pots and chains and axes and other small tools, even small cannons. 
So these mines and smelter are literally helping to build the region and Vermont. Yeah, they are. Then there's the ochre mine here too. Right, right. But why would they mine ochre? So I had to look this up. Ochre, when ground into a powder, creates an adhesive resin that you can use to mount tools onto handles and things like that. Okay, got it. All right, so let's head below ground. Temperatures are pretty cool down here. Yeah, this far down, the temperature stays constant, so it's not so bad working down here even on a hot summer day. Okay, we just passed the 110-foot level. That's kind of scary with so much earth above us. Yeah. Looks like the workers are digging a new shaft off the main tunnel. You know, mining is such tricky work. You have to watch for cave-ins all the time. Mm. I mean, one false move with the shovel, and you could kill yourself and others around you. What is this? It looks like a miner just hit a muddy pocket over there. Oh, man. If he just hit an underwater vein, we could be in big trouble if this place could flood in seconds. Doesn't look like any floodwaters are coming through, though. Just mud. But look, is that a rock he's pulling out of the mud? It sort of looks like a rock, but wait a minute. He's, he's wiping some of the mud off. Is is that... Is that a frog? <laughs> I think it is. Oh, my God, it's huge. It's got to be over a foot long. Look at that. But it's not a fossil. It's not breathing either. It's somehow perfectly preserved down here. Let's get this thing back up to the surface and get a better look. Can you uh, pass me the water jug? Thanks. Whoa, that's the biggest frog I've ever seen. It's huge. Uh, I got to measure this thing. Okay, it's it's 14 inches from the top of its mouth to its butt. Whoa. If we extend the legs, then this thing would be maybe over two and a half or three feet long. All right, well, let's not pull at its legs. I mean, <laughs> this find should be studied in a museum or something. It's definitely drawing a crowd of curious miners and locals. No one has ever seen a frog this big. Even kids from town are coming to check this thing out. They're daring each other to touch it, and then they run away squealing. <laughs> I get it. It's not something you see every day. All right, man. Back to work. I guess progress waits for no one. The miners are getting back to their jobs. What a strange find so deep in the ground. How could that frog have gotten there? I have so many. What was Whoa, what? What is that? Oh, no. I don't believe it. That giant frog is twitching. It's, it's jumping backwards and almost convulsing. That thing is alive. Look, 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 look. It, it seems it's getting its bearings now. We're drawing a crowd again. So some of the workers just picked it up, and they're carrying it in a sack to a nearby pond. Come on, let's follow them. Wow, and there he goes. That giant bullfrog just swam off in the pond. Wow. Hey, let's head back into town for a beer. I, okay. I can't wait to hear what locals think of this. Cheers. Cheers. One guy I spoke to said he believes that the giant frog is a leftover from before the last ice age. The glaciers came through and froze the amphibian until it was on Earth this summer. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Right? But seriously, this frog is bigger than any frog anyone's ever seen. And everyone around here has some story about, you know, seeing a fish frozen in the ice of a pond or a lake in the winter, and then spring comes and the fish swims off. Well, maybe it's not that much of a stretch that if the fish, or in this case a frog, was frozen for years, maybe even centuries, maybe even millennia, then couldn't the same mechanics still be involved? 
But this frog was found in a pocket of mud, right? Yeah, right. I mean, maybe that was just the edge of some leftover permafrost layer, and the mining operation warmed it up just enough to melt? I mean, this is a big mystery for sure. As the weeks go by, the buzz around this giant frog starts to fade. But locals claim that you can still hear that mammoth bullfrog bellow at night. It still echoes for miles around. And that brings us back to today. Okay, I have questions. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But first, we should say that everything we know about this story comes from the November 16th, 1922 Enterprise in Vermonter newspaper. And though the mines are closed, this smelting tower is still here as an historic landmark and also to mark the spot where the frog was allegedly found. All right, wait, wait, wait. 1922 is almost 60 years after 1865 when the story takes place. Yeah, it is. And this article's source is Frank Rogers of Brandon, Vermont. He was a retired merchant at the time, but grew up in Forestdale. Rogers claims he was there as a kid and witnessed the giant frog after they pulled it from the ground. He also said they could hear that frog for several summers thereafter. So we're counting on the memory of an old man at this point? Yeah, we are. Now, the next question that's begged here is, How big can a bullfrog get? I mean, I've seen some big ones near the pond where I grew up as a kid. Uh, Nothing over a foot from nose to butt, but still, I mean, could there be bigger ones out there? Well, okay, I looked this one up. In North America, the largest bullfrogs can grow to six to eight inches in length. That's tip of the nose to the butt. Got it. And they weigh about two to three pounds. And that's pretty big, Mm. but about half the size of the frog that was described in the article. But in Guinea and Cameroon, there's a species of frog called the Goliath bullfrog that can grow to about 12 and a half inches in length and weigh over seven pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's really huge, Mm. but still slightly smaller than the one described in Vermont. But still, that means a frog can grow to the size described. Sure. And who knows what frogs may have looked like thousands of years ago. The next question is, how long could a frog or fish, for that matter, stay frozen and still come back to life? Okay, so I look this one up. There's currently five species of frogs in North America that can and do survive freezing in the winter, only to thaw out in the spring and carry on. Right, right. But that's only one winter. Right. So theoretically, a frog can be frozen for a long time and still come back to life. But what happens is ice crystals eventually form inside their little insulated bodies and they begin to damage the cells. So eventually that cell damage would lead to death. Now, could a frog be kept right at the borderline of freezing? Maybe still slow its body functions down to almost the point of stopping, you know, hibernation? I mean, maybe. But for centuries or even millennia? I mean, there's never been a case in modern history. Which means this is either a fish story where the circumstances grew and grew over time, or Brandon Vermont was home to one big hunk of bull frog. <laughs> you gotta love it when a frog story goes viral from a hundred years ago. And that brings us to After the Legend, where we dig a little deeper into this week's story and sometimes jump off course. I get it. Jump off course. <laughs> After the Legends brought to you by our mighty Patreon patrons who are the lifeblood of everything we do here. They help us with our production, hosting, and marketing costs and really make a difference. They understand great content isn't free, so thank you. They pay so you can listen. It's just three bucks per month. It's like buying me and Ray a package of marshmallow peeps that we have to split. Aww. Now for that, you'll get early access to new episodes plus bonus episodes and content that no one else gets to hear. Just head over to patreon.com slash New England Legends to sign up. And if you'd like to see a picture of the smelting tower, the historic one, go to our website and click on episode 292 
uh, or the in the description you can see a link as well. No pictures of frogs though, right? They there was no picture of this particular frogs. frog from yeah fish too. Bullfrogs even worse. They are loud and big and <sighs> slimy. Gross. Uh, you know, it's fun, before we go into this. Yeah, it's funny that we do this story today. Last night I watched Encino Man <laughs> with Polly Shore, Brendan Fraser, what, what, the Academy Award winner. Brendan, Brendan Fraser, yeah. yeah, and and uh, best supporting for, uh, um, uh, the kid oh, that's from right. Goonies. That's right. He was in it he briefly in it as well. Yeah, that's right. And Sean Astin, yeah. but it was great. But that's what happened. Um, Link was in the mud, right? In a swimming pool, they were they were digging up, and a rainstorm brought him back, and 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 the and, rest is history. So historic history. When we were kids, remember hearing stories of like frozen woolly mammoths and frozen mastodons found in ice glac- yeah. glacial ice. Yeah, and and of course, as a kid, you're like. Well, if they thaw it out, will it just start marching on? You right. Know, 15, 20,000 years after the fact. And um, so, so that's happened, but, but those are mammals. And what happens is when a mammal is frozen, like you, you begin to break down immediately. Yeah. You know, we don't, we're not built like that. So this was much too much detail to get into the story, but frogs <laughs> secrete this like layer of glucose, I Ugh. guess, that insulates them. Yeah. And they can stay frozen through the winter and then you know, on into the summer. Well, they're also evil. So there's right. that. There's that. And evil can't die. Witchcraft and all that. There's all that. So, um, <laughs> uh, and this is also a little bit timely. So last summer, June of 2022, a frozen baby woolly mammoth was discovered in the permafrost in Northwestern Canada. And we'll put a link to this too in the, um, in the show description, but, uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, yes, you can clearly see this thing ain't going to get up and walk away, right? but it's pretty well preserved considering it's been in ice for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they believe it's about 30,000 years old. Wow. So, um, still pretty, so well pretty awesome because they can study it and, and know a little bit more about what happened back then. So next question. Yeah. Is this frog a case of that? Right. Like, okay, a frog that big? Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that is really significant. Well, maybe somebody made up a story, too. It's like they found the frog. Right. And then the stories just kind of blew up from there. So, on the one hand, I, I wonder, okay, you know, fish story. How, how big was the fish you caught? Oh, it was right. this big. And oh, yeah. Every time you tell yeah, the story, yeah. the fish gets a little bigger, a little bigger until it's bigger than the boat. Yeah. Um, so, is it that? Is it they just found a frog that maybe somehow wandered down into the mine at night or something? And it was unusually large sure right and they went oh my gosh look at this thing that just was discovered and each time they told a story the frog got bigger and bigger maybe uh or was did they really find some artifact down there that was dead and stayed dead yeah but the story got more interesting by saying no that thing once they got it up in the sun it started hopping around and hopped down to the pond you still hear it hear, hear that yeah ribbit don't right. go swimming in the in the pond yeah. because the bullfrog will get you that frog could eat you it's yeah, big enough so could it be that yeah um, but I, I mean, the, the newspaper article was interviewing an old timer about a story that happened from his childhood 60 years prior is a lot of, right. It's not a, it's not really a direct line, but this story gets kicked around, you know? Yeah. And it's more fun to believe that it's true. Not in my case. Cause I hate frogs, but you loved Encino man. I did. <laughs> well, he was fun. <laughs> well, right. And so you wonder, you know, he how, could dance. how long could you preserve someone? We did a story once, Vermont's frozen people. Remember where they would hibernate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They would, they'd freeze the people over the winter and then yep. in the spring thaw them out so they could, you know, because they didn't have enough food for the winter. So they would freeze the old people. Yeah. And then that brought us up to talking about Ted Williams yeah. from the Red Sox. Also, uh, Disney, Walt Disney? I Is think, he frozen as well? I think I, I think, I I think it's just the heads. They just freeze the heads. So <laughs> there's cryogenic freezing. There's a company that does this yeah, for you. Yeah. And if we get enough Patreon patrons. <laughs> 
because it's really, really expensive. We could start a Kickstarter or something. <laughs> Go fund me. Freeze Jeff and Ray. So they, they, they can't actually freeze you while you're alive because that's murder. <laughs> <laughs> so there's legality. Yeah. But if they can get to you super quick right after you pass, they decapitate you and they freeze your body and your head in like that's frozen and, and you know. Why separate? Do you know anything about uh, cryogenics? I, I guess they figure, you know, the body's going to break down and the, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be very upset if I came back and like it was successful, but I have no body. You're just the head. <laughs> and so they don't even know how to thaw you out. But the idea is that <laughs> centuries from now, they'll come up with a cure for thawing you out and reanimating you and they'll oh, just. Oh, and cancer or whatever yeah. anybody had. So it, there's a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of steps here, right? But think about the vanity of it, right? Yeah. Where you're just like, yeah, no, I need to be frozen until there's a cure for death. <laughs> <laughs> it's under, the way we're going, too. I don't want to be in a yeah. world 100 years from now that you know starts where we're starting right now. 100 years is, is, uh, is pretty kind. I mean, it could be like 10,000 years, right? <laughs> right, it could right, be, right. It could be 100,000 years. Then you wake up and, uh, you know. To nothingness. <laughs> language you don't even speak anymore. And, you know, who knows what that would look like. Aliens. But the whole idea of... Um, of freezing something and then it gets brought back to life i do remember seeing like a pond for a, a fish frozen in the pond ice yeah right like right near the top and sure enough like spring comes they they do swim off yeah it doesn't kill it's pretty amazing yeah it is it is really amazing so why wouldn't we think that we could do that or for if ourselves that, if that fish can survive three months in the ice or two months in the ice why not what's the difference mm. if once you're suspended like what's the difference between that and you know centuries or millennia um I, I, although I mean, any living organism is going to need food and water and right. oxygen. Right? This is above our pay level. Too. Way, way. Oh we my. need another like eight miles, years of school if miles, we want to figure this out. At least you're totally right. We're not qualified. But that's what I love about these stories. They start these like interesting discussions and, and you sometimes go down weird research rabbit holes. So yeah. like, like how big can a frog get? And sure enough, in Cameroon, there's one that's, you know, there's, there's a picture, you know, we saw it, the guy yeah. holding it up and it was like from his chest to his feet. Ugh. Oh, yeah, you'd die. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. But I was, part of me was like, well, if you're into eating frog legs, like that would oh, feed you yeah. for days. The whole family, maybe. Yeah, that's a, that's a French thing, right? Frog legs? I guess. Well, and a Creole Some Muppet thing. things too. Remember the yeah. Muppet movie? Yeah. The frog legs, he was going after Kermit. Frog legs, right? So I think it is Creole. So anyway, if you're into frog legs, yeah. maybe Vermont is a state you might want to visit. <laughs> they get the best I, and the I, biggest. I don't know if any restaurants in Brandon, it's a tiny, tiny town, yeah. uh, would serve frog legs, but they should. Right, right. just for um, tourist purposes. Biggest and right. Well, right, because I mean- Why else are you going there? Why <laughs> To see the ironworks and, and hear about the gigantic frog. Which, uh, which, by the way, so there's the historic sign right on the side of the road. And then from the side of the road, you can just barely see the top of the roof. It's not very far. It's mm. just a short walk across that field. And then um, <laughs> there, we need a statue of a big frog, like on a pedestal. or like oh, we a, had those. Remember a, the, the bridge? In Connecticut. That's yeah. right. So we've got the frog bridge. In, I think it's in Willimantic. Yeah, right? that sounds right. Yeah. And then uh, so we need, we need a pedestal with a 14-inch giant bullfrog like actual size yeah. sitting right next to the ironwork sign and that would be an incredible draw for the town if they want to get on that i can't imagine it would cost too much we just again need more patrons <laughs> right so we can put up some of these very important landmarks <laughs> it'd be fun with this show if we did get to a point where we could put up our own landmarks or our own uh you know plaques and whatnot or this this episode goes viral and around the brandon area <laughs> and people are just like okay really what would this cost i mean i, I don't know 
500 bucks. Like, yeah, we should uh, look into this. Uh, some artist donates their time to like create the model or whatever. Yeah. And, and we it, slap our name on it. Sure. I mean, it might not be that much to get this, this little pedestal made. Somebody look into that for us. Please <laughs> let us know when it's up. We'll be there for the ribbon cutting. <laughs> If you've got a strange tale you think we should check out, please don't assume that we've heard it. Reach out to us anytime through our website. Also, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast because it's free and we don't want you to miss a thing. Thank you to Matt from the Scary Movie Project podcast for interviewing me in his recent episode. Thanks to our sponsor, New Audiobles. Thank you to our Patreon patrons. And our theme music is by John Judd. Until next time, remember, the bizarre is closer than you think. <laughs>